Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, taking the rice of conversation, laying over the raw fish of humour, wrapping in the seaweed of the internet and dipping it in the soy sauce of good fun. Sushi. Ed Gamble there. My name is James A. Castle. This is the Off Menu Podcast. We own a dream restaurant and we invite a guest in every week and ask them their favourite ever. Start a main course, dessert, side dish and drink, a.k.a. their dream meal. Not in that order. And this week, our guest is Richard, Richard E. Grant. Grant. Here we are. We're back in the treasure chest. Oh, look at look at us. Look at us. We've dug up some more national treasure. Yes, please. Very exciting. Obviously, Richard E. Grant needs no introduction. In so many wonderful, iconic things. And he soon has a new book out, A Pocket Full of Happiness. It's a memoir. It's out tomorrow. And we're going to be asking him about that in the podcast. Very excited that he's on. I mean, too many of the list is his uh, his films, his iconic film roles. Basically, this whole interview is going to be me trying to not do with Nell and I quotes. Yes. I might try not to ask about Spice World, the movie. <laughs> if you could. Yes. I'll try. try, yeah. But if spices come Spice up... Spice might come up. We talk about food. But know. what's going to come up with, you know, he might... What, does he want wine? Does he want the finest wines available to humanity? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then, then we're in trouble. Yeah, then we're in trouble, yeah. And you got you got to bite, bite your tongue there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Of course, you know, hopefully we'll get that far. Because, like, obviously if Richard says a secret ingredient which we deem to be unacceptable, yeah. we are going to kick him out of the dream restaurant as yes. the rule for every Yes. And this week, the secret ingredient is... Lighter, lighter fluid. fluid. Of course, another with Nell and I reference. They drink it in with Nell and I. Yes. So therefore counts as an ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we pick these because they're relevant to people's work. Sometimes we pick them because they're ingredients we don't like. Sometimes it's because we don't want them to be kicked out. Yeah. And we're pretty sure. If Richard E. Grant says, to start, I'd like a shot of lighter fluid. Yeah. Then I think... He deserves to be kicked yeah, out. Yeah. People will be like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. They? Get him out. But they had to do that, even though it's a national treasure. Yeah. Because he shouldn't be drinking lighter fluid. I'm so excited to meet Richard E. Grant. Very excited. Who 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 was to, who thought that when these this this bunch of idiots sitting around this table here started a food podcast that we would get to speak to so many national treasures? And yeah. Richard E. Grant would sit down with us and tell us his favourite foods. This series we've had Lenny Henry and Richard E. Grant. Pinch me. I mean, I will not. <laughs> Ed, Ed refuses to do anything that might hurt me. That's how much he yeah. cares about me. I'll kiss you. I won't pinch you. 
Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Richard E. Grant on our little pod. We should point out as well, Ed is um, drunk. <laughs> well, you're just leaving massive pauses, so whenever I say anything, it makes me sound like I'm drunk. Yeah, we've recorded quite a few today. I'm drunk with pod. And we've had so much pod, and now we're going to interview a national treasure, and I keep on powering down, and then Ed has to fill the silences <laughs> by saying... Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? I mean, you know, Benito can edit out the silences and it can just seem like it's... Yeah. Like that, just you shouting who'd have thunk it over yeah. and over again. Maybe I will get drunk now. Yeah. Well, let's see. After Richard E. Grant. Yeah, after Richard E. Grant. I don't think there's many national treasures left after... Attenborough. Attenborough. Let's get on with it. Here we go. <laughs> it is the off-menu menu of Richard, Richard E. Grant. Grant. Welcome, Richard, to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Richard E. Grant, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Here we are. Thank you. Lovely to have you in the Dream Restaurant. In your dream dining scenario is there anything that you would love to see around you what's the what's the setting like oh uh to be at the seaside yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely Any, anywhere have i said a, a word that is no, no. a banned word already? not at all i'm mean, no. gonna be ejected seated like <laughs> now. okay no any, anywhere by the sea yeah that's Any where I'd like to eat a uk seaside spot uh i would go anywhere where there's water yeah and are you outside for the meal? Uh, depending on how cold it is, uh, yes, as close to the water as possible. I'm going to not even ask you, but I'm going to take the liberty of getting rid of all the seagulls in that case. Okay. Because I don't want you having your dream meal under right. constant threat of seagull uh, theft. I'm very, very greedy, so I would take on a seagull. You could take on a seagull? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd have a machete you know, down my back, yeah. ready to pull out. Could you reintroduce one seagull? Because I'd love yeah, to see that. Yeah, there's one seagull, uh, and it's the seagull from The Little Mermaid. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's, it's a popular character. It's right. going to be uh, voiced by Aquafina in the new, in the new yes. film. Right. Well, so. of course, it would have very good manners and befriend me and come sit at the end of the table. Yes. And I'd feed it, okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> my leftovers um this is nice you're by the sea yeah um are you would you dine alone for your dream meal or do you like company uh i'm very greedy and the idea of a sharing plate to me was one of the great culinary disasters of the last it's two very decades popular. so widespread now the sharing yeah plates. i hate it yeah i don't like sitting on a bench i don't sharing a plate i want everything that is in front of me on my plate and i've had to Restrain myself from stabbing fellow diners yes. who have reached over and said, oh, could I just have a taste of that? I said, no, I'd rather order you an entire plate of it and <laughs> I will pay for it, even if you take one bite. But do not mess with mine. Oh, I mean, we're so on the same page, Richard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. People say, could yeah. I just have one of your chips? And they go, oh, I'm going to die. No, no, fuck off. <laughs> just let me eat what I've ordered. Don't but give me a sharing plate. you got the machete now, so. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But you hate sharing, Ed, but you also, you hate it if someone orders the same thing as you. I do. Oh. So yeah. Ed's like, it's impossible to please. Correct. So how do you feel about people who envy what you've ordered and said, oh, I should have ordered that, and the hand is reaching over. Machete. The paw is ready. Yeah. Going to your hand plate. straight off. Oh, we're on the I same I love page. it when people envy what I've ordered. Yeah. Because then I can feel like, like I know what I'm talking about. Well, before you were born, there was a French and Saunas comedy team of two female comics that oh, had a sketch where two schoolgirls and one was one had you know a big 
chocolate something yeah. and the other one was edging towards her to try and try and yeah. get a little bite and as she got within inches of her Jennifer Saunders character just stuffed the whole thing into her mouth and I thought that's me I identified that completely before you were born Ed, that's a compliment yes thank yeah. you but you well, you're both very young Saunders. how old do you think we, we are Richard uh 25 oh well both of us yeah I love it I love it I'm 36 I'm are 37 you? well listeners they're using donkey sperm treatment <laughs> to keep their their skin as taut as I don't know what Please. to mention don't don't give away our secrets. Yeah. Okay. We, 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 we told you when you came into the studio, we said, ignore the donkey in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ignore the donkey. No, no, you're looking marvellous. I've been all over our faces. Very good in. lighting. You've both got your own hair and teeth, so Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. envious. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you much of a foodie, Richard, in general? Yeah. I Yes. Uh, have you ever had somebody who's come onto your show that doesn't like food? I mean, there are lots of things I don't like to eat, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm, I love cooking and I love eating. Well, before we started recording, there's a brief conversation you were having with the great Benito about Wivnell and I. And one of the uh, bits of Wivnell that I always think about whenever I see anyone eat an egg sandwich is yeah. the bit at the beginning when they bite into the egg sandwich and then the yolk just yeah. pours out of the back of it like that. Oh, yeah. And it's when he's really depressed in London, his eyes want need to get out of here, and he sees that happen. <laughs> and I just think about it every time. Every time I'm eating an egg sandwich yeah. or anything like that, I think about that. So how often so are you eating a soft fried not, egg sandwich? Do you know what? Not as much anymore. Yeah, right. Not as much as, when, as before I saw that film. Because you're so rich now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm rich as hell, yeah. but also because that film, um, which I saw before I was so rich, uh, made me think, oh, I can't, egg sandwiches are gross. Like it just, it just, I agree with you. It suddenly represented despair for me. It's, it's very like interesting because I heard you mention that just then, yeah. the egg sandwich, and I thought, oh, he's going to say it makes him love an egg sandwich. Because yeah, I love a fried egg sandwich, the Do pop. You? When you bite into it and you feel the yolk pop and it dribbles out, I love that. Yeah, but can you eat an egg and cress cold sandwich, which is like a fart between two slices? I'm not a fan white. of egg and cress. We're bonding enormously yeah, yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We have friends. to catch up, you and I, Blondie. Yeah, I'll, listen. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. I'm going to be there by the end. You can get that. Just hair and tortoise stuff. <laughs> also very excited to talk about your new book. A Pocket Full of Happiness, a memoir. It's quite a personal book. Yeah, it came about... Because on New Year's Day at the beginning of this year, I posted something on, I posted a video on social media in which I had said that my late wife had said to me four days before she died, um, at the end of September uh, 2021, I know that you'll be sad, but try and find a pocket full of happiness in each day. And that really has been a sort of hatcher, uh, what do you call a hallmark card, corny as it may sound. My daughter and I have found it really useful to try and, you know, get over the canyon of grief that you have to navigate your way through on a daily basis to find something that is going to make you happy. So you guys are my pocketful today, so far. No no pressure. I'm the pocketful of happiness. So it's a memoir that, you know, begins with, you know, when she was diagnosed and ends when she died, and then seesaws back in time to how we first met and Mm -hmm. our combined careers over 40 years. So, you know, lots of showbiz stuff in amongst all the the other. Wow. And did did you find that writing it sometimes that was the little the bit of happiness you found each day was like writing about that memory? Well, when my literary agent called and said at the beginning of January um, that a publisher had asked if I would write write a memoir, I immediately said no. And then my daughter wisely said, "I think that this will help you because it'll force you to 
get out of you know your own head and going down the rabbit hole of grief and it proved absolutely right so I'm very grateful but I, I didn't make a Verizon with her that I said in order not to jeopardize my relationship with her my daughter I would write the whole thing out first make an agreement with the publisher that I wouldn't take a penny of the advance until my daughter had read it and either vetoed a section or the whole thing. Oh. And they willingly took that risk, for which I'm very grateful, and she read it, kept me waiting for three days, and I thought, <laughs> bloody hell, I speak to her twice a day. I've absolutely blobbed. And then she said, there's one paragraph that you ne- I want changed because the person who will read it m- could interpret it in a way that they could see as being critical. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's protecting somebody. And she said, you got... The, the surname of one, one of my friends wrong. It's missing an S. <laughs> and that was it. So I thought, <laughs> That's well, not bad know. for notes, really, yeah, is it? That's I was pretty absolutely good. amazed. So she said, no, you've absolutely captured what, you know, your wife, uh, her mum was like and what your relationship was and all of that stuff and your career. So she said, you know, warts and all, it's, it's good. So I got the go-ahead from her, which is why I'm now sitting here all these months later. Does food ever, ever represent the pocket full of happiness in a day? Oh, God, yes. And the yeah. first time I... Um, mutually seduced my wife and I when we first met in 1983. She invited me around for uh, dinner because she was an accent speech teacher. And I'd done a series of uh, regional accents uh, with her at the Actors Centre at the end of 1982 after I'd just emigrated from Swaziland. And uh, she then said, oh, well, I'm coaching on a play at the Royal Shakespeare Company that requires a Siswati speaker and you're the only person that I know that speaks Siswati, so, which is a, a click language. And so I went round for dinner and she cooked uh, beef bourguignon, which was absolutely delicious. And I didn't go home that night. So <laughs> it began like that. And the last meal I cooked for her was chicken soup. So, wow. yeah, store, life and food. Yeah. And when I met her, I couldn't boil an egg. And she gave me, you know, I'd grown up in the colonies. You didn't need to cook for yourself. You know, the lard in our life. So she gave me Delia Smith's How to Cook, which tells you how to boil an egg, fry an egg, scramble one. And once you've mastered that, I then learnt very quickly how to cook properly and now now love doing it. Thank you, Delia. Yeah. Thank you, Delia. I, I need to meet an accent coach. Oh, no. Why? Well, you know, I had to I had to go to my wife to learn how to do your the R the, the way I, you do your R because yeah. I played Michael Heseltine in the Iron Lady with Meryl Streep oh. and I had to do the uh, like like you speak like, like I do the soft yeah. R he he, yeah. he really hams it up though don't you yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well no not deliberately apparently <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do you do you really put it on yeah man. I put it on I lay do it on you? thick yeah what is it a seduction technique that you use yeah yeah are you feeling <laughs> seduced always, oh yeah absolutely pants off. Ready to go. <laughs> Why do you need to meet an accent coach, James? Because I'm always trying to do accents on the podcast. I'm really interested in, in like, any time an actor comes on and can do an accent, I'm jealous of them. I want to know how they do it. My brain just doesn't work that way. I can't do other accents. Right. And uh, sometimes I think I just need to sit down with an accent coach, face it head on, and actually learn to do some voices besides my own. I really get a kick out of it that people are going to accent coaches to learn how to speak like me. That's topsy-turvy. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I went to an accent coach once for an American accent and she had yeah. me crawling around on the floor. Did she? Yeah, she said it's more helpful if you crawl around on the floor. So that's not going to be very good at the audition. What was her name? I can't remember. Yeah. But she had me crawling around on the familiar. floor. Sounds familiar. No, uh, my late wife was absolutely adamant that you didn't have to lie on the floor and think mm. of Himalayan gusts coming up your sphincter and, you know... <laughs> You know, think oh, of yeah, Auntie Muriel to try and, you know, reach an American accent. Yeah. She gave you very specific, practical things to do, which is why she was so successful. So yeah. you've just pointed out exactly the kind of accent guru 
bollocks that goes yeah. on, you know, in the profession. It's I have this, the same wariness of people who say, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. What's your star sign? <laughs> and um, the combination of those two things usually yeah. has me A, lying and then running for the door. <laughs> so we always start on the dream menu with yes. still or sparkling water a sparkling water please ice cold with a glass full of ice and i don't care how much water there is in there but it has to be ice cold oh. every day of the year yeah yeah why if, you, if it's not ice cold are you just like does it just is it repulsive to you? yeah repulsive yeah, yeah can't go everything has it. to be ice cold so and you want in uh ice cubes crushed ice i don't care as long as it's absolutely you know brain freezingly cold are you taking your time or do you go really fast and actually give yourself brain freeze oh i'll, I'll do which whichever whichever if the seagull's yeah. nearby yeah i'm very greedy yeah i might cl clock clock the seagull with an ice cube no yeah. i don't know much about seagulls yeah uh-huh i know they nick chips i've never seen one go after someone's sparkling water no even if it's blobbing about with ice. Yeah, so I don't yeah, so. yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, ever see him clogging a beer or sparks in yeah, water. Chasing someone beyond. with a Perrier down Brighton Beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you two ever had a big fight? Got an argument? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think we have. Wow. Wow. That means there's one coming, I right? think... No, well, no, I think that's wonderful that you... I think we're quite good at seeing when one is potentially ha going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the one of... I, I think we've been lucky that we haven't both been wound up about something at the same time and therefore yeah. an argument. So I think it's been like, it's one of us will be angry and not the other. Yeah. And the other one goes, I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah. And do you so, never do socialise outside of yeah. podcast yeah, all land? The time. Oh, yeah, you do? Yeah. All the yeah. time, yeah. So I was always amazed by IAL Diamond and Billy Wilder. Mm -hmm. You know, at Some Like It Hot and mm -hmm. Sunset Boulevard, all those movies. They used to meet in an office, I think, at 8 o'clock in the morning for something like 40 or 50 years and then would leave at 5 o'clock in the evening. They never, ever socialised. They never even went into each other's houses mm. and produced this great stuff. So I wondered whether you... But you obviously I think live in each other's houses. Or... Well, we, we don't spend enough time together working f for that to be necessary, I think. Because yeah. you hear about people who spend, like, you know, like Penn and Teller. Yeah, are on tour all the time, but they won't speak to each other outside of the show. They'll literally just mm. walk on stage, and that's the first time they will have seen each other all day. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know. Apparently, that. yeah, and I think Cannon and Bull were like that towards the end as well. Can you blame um, them? But that's a lot of time you're spending with someone professionally, whereas we, you know, every now and again get together and do a day where we do four podcasts, and then yeah. most of the time we spend together is social. Yeah, most right. of it. And Text you have partners, other. or yeah, do, both yeah. got partners. Yeah, you do. And how do they cope with your friendship? They love it. Yeah, they do. Well, I don't know. We're all big pals together. I, I can speak on behalf of my partner. Yeah, and mine. She's all for it. Yeah, she's... she's... I don't want to put words in your partner's mouth. <laughs> Why do you, do you think our friendship would be a problem to our partners? I don't know. You know, some people can be threatened or feel left out. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. I'm not very threatened. I just met I you, so I'm just asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Curious. He's not a threat to anyone, this guy. And because of doing this, you, you know exactly what the other person doesn't like. What's the thing that you hate eating the most? There's not a lot of things. Yeah, it's Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings you don't like. Them. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes I really I really sort of amp that up because it annoys people a lot, Richard. Right. Why why what is it the puffiness of them or puffiness um that I just find find they're quite plain. I don't think they got much flavor yeah. and he's going to get angry this annoys him. Um they take up a lot of real estate on the plate. They do. But well, it's an excuse you can put stuff in it. So what's what, what's yeah, he and then even you saying? Because yours is Yorkshire pancake. pudding. What's yours? What's your hate? Fennel, hate fennel, hate fennel. pomegranate seeds. Wow. Yeah. Both of those are the most disgusting. They're, they're gruesome twosome. That's what I feel about chocolate and cheese. Oh, yeah? Together? Yeah. Oh, e e in either any combination. Not the smell and the taste of them, absolutely. What? 
abhorrent. Now you're winding you, up both of us. No, 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 it's absolutely true. Ed loves cheese, I love chocolate. Rich. Tiny bit of Parmesan cheese on a on a Caesar salad is about as close as I can get to that smell of arse that it has. Goat's cheese is the worst. Yeah, yeah, I'll back you. This is the two, the, two finest, the two finest things available. Oh, chocolate chocolate and cheese. Chocolate is, not cheese. Mm, no. The taste of luxury. No, I oh, think right. anything that's come out of an udder should go back in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Do you think you could put um, a block of cheese back in an udder? <laughs> would you give it a go? I'd like to, yeah, with a machete and a seagull to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird looking udder when you see that cow yeah. walking around the field. Okay. Yeah. Very lumpy. Squawking. Why is that <laughs> udder squawking? Pop-lums or bread? Pop-lums or bread, Richard E. Grant? Pop-lums or bread? Bread. Yeah, bread. Uh, every I suffer from misophonia. Ah, yeah, like yeah which is identified twenty years ago officially. Sorry to, make, sorry to immediately make the sound. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the sound of the uh, poppadom being crunched near you is yeah. literally brings the red mist of rage over my. Uh, and I, I wish I didn't suffer from this, but I do. So the sound of a poppadom is unacceptable. So is all of your menu going to be quite soft foods? <laughs> you old age foods you don't need teeth for. <laughs> sort of silent. No, but silent if I eat an apple, food. I will go and eat it in a corner on my own so that I don't have to infringe that noise on somebody else close by because I know what that does to me if somebody's doing it close to me. Oh, mm. that's nice. So I, I, I've never met a sort of a, an empathetic mes- misophone before. Yeah. Oh, are you a misophone? No, you, you're no, 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 no. But, I, but it's always about when anyone talks about it, it's always about at what, what sounds like to them and how it makes them feel. Yeah. I've never met anyone who's gone. And I also don't want anyone else to hear that. So you have to right. privately eat crunchy foods. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll go and sit in the front front row of the cinema on my own with a box of popcorn because I know that the sound of that is... Uh, it's only I will be hearing how awful that sound is. Yeah. Because if I'm near anybody else that's doing it, I'm... So you does feel the murderous. sound of yourself eating make you feel weird? Uh, I get used to it because greed overtakes the... Yeah. <laughs> greed overtakes the misophonia part of it. But yeah, I find that even crunching toast, I think, God, can't you just do it? This is the one time I've wished that I could be deaf so that I couldn't hear the sound of it. You've been at one of your own film premieres and yours is sat at the front on your own and everyone else is at the back and you're there eating popcorn at, the end at your own film No, you go, you go at the beginning to do the press stuff because you're required to do that in your right. contract and then you don't stay and watch it. I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I've gone to watch a film at a film premiere and I've uh, been excited and everyone's there at the front, oh, all the stars are here and they all leave out the fire escape and you're like, what the? Where's... <laughs> yeah. Chalamet, where are you going? I know very few actors that like watching themselves in stuff. Yeah. And yeah. The only analogy I, I have is that unless you're a voyeur, would you want to watch a replay of yourself having sex? Mm. Because it's the actor doing it that is pleasurable yes yeah you know, it's the making of the movie or the, whatever you're doing but having to re-watch it afterwards you'd go oh my god is that what it looks like is that what it oh no god, so it's gruesome looks like it's just had a beef burning you yeah exactly exactly <laughs> can't watch this exactly exactly right so so is an is an actor who enjoys watching their own stuff a red flag uh no because that's passing judgment on somebody sure. no i, yeah, I don't yeah. know because some people you know i've t- I'm sure there'll be critics out there who'll say, well, that's your problem. You should have been watching yourself to improve. So I don't know. No, it's, it's the actor doing it that's, you know... That's... I think comics have a similar thing, right? Yeah, I can't... I, I, I can, if, I, if I'm literally putting out a comedy special, yeah. I can watch it during the edit, watch the final version once, yeah. and then I'm never watching it again. Yeah. Like, and that's the most I'll ever watch myself, is when I'm literally putting the thing out. 
and releasing it. Yeah. And, and what do you make f- sure it's good. What does that make you feel when you watch it? For the, the that that's relief because that's like okay, I've got it. I've so got it edited the way it. I want it. It's fine. But if yeah. I watched it one more time after that when it's finished, I would just be like, "Shut up, you boy and wanker." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get the machete out. Be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Get the machete through the TV. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas you love watching yourself. Over I love watching over myself. Do you? When I watch Having James, sex? I think, "Shut up, you boring wanker." Yeah. 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 Um, Often that's the bit we have to edit out. So it's the yin and yang of your relationship. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't bear it either. But you can't. It's easier when. When you're watching it for an edit or something, because yeah. you're in another brain, it's almost like you're not watching yourself because exactly. you're watching it for the edit. But I would never, certainly for pleasure, never watch anything I'm involved in. Mm. And a lot of people would agree. Poor Benito <laughs> here has to edit this. And at some point in the future, he's going to be sitting there editing a conversation about editing. Uh, and <laughs> right. that is going to be quite the day for him. So you're just yeah. sit, sitting here waiting, getting the scissors in between yeah. the bits where there's big gappy pauses and thinking... Get the fuck a move on. <laughs> a good plate of bread at the beginning of a meal, you know the rest of the meal's going to be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Warm. Oh, Got to yeah. be warm. Warm. Olive oil. Olive oil. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you'd go yeah, for? Yeah, don't, don't eat butter. So, yeah. uh, olive oil. Yeah. You dipping it? Oh, dipping it in so that it all you know, absorbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing like good bread. Balsamic there as well? Or are you just keeping it just mm, the olive oil? Yeah, I can have some of that too. But yeah. I like it just it's olive oil essential. straight up. No, it's not essential. Not even the olive oil. It's essential. It's a lovely bread. Yeah, lovely bread. Your dream starter? A bowl of linguine with fresh white crab meat. Oh. Uh, medium chilli and coriander, lemon and olive oil. Not enough people use the pasta as a starter hack. Yeah. I love it when it's it comes true. out to play. Well, you know, when you go to Italy, they give you they give you a, a starter size bottle. You yeah. never get this mountain of food that you get in an English restaurant, yeah. where there's so much pasta that you then have to go and get into a bed for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just gives you enough to you know five or six mouthfuls to get you ready for the main course. Of course, here you're really uh, running up the seagull with the, yeah. cra- with the crab meat. With the oh, crab yeah. meat, you better get that machete. You better be fast with that machete. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But if you have one of those, um, because it was in England and you had one of those heater things mm-hmm. nearby, you could always just thwack it towards the heater. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, you wanna... I'm going to have animal rights people coming after me. I oh, love yeah. seagulls. I no, love birds. They're, they're we're talking about a specific seagull who's not, he's not a good egg, this guy. This is a fictional yeah. seagull yeah. who's yeah. very aggressively wants all of your food. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the Don Corleone of seagulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's fine to I think it'd be interesting up into a heat, yeah. heat heater. if the seagull got into your crab spaghetti, because I don't oh. think, could you suck spaghetti through a beak? Oh, yeah, it'd be interesting Oh, yeah, yeah, they could. Yeah. yeah, you reckon? You reckon? Yeah, I think it's possible. Do you think if Lady and the Tramp was about seagulls, <laughs> you think that, that, that scene would work? Um, don't think so. No. They can't kiss, can they? They can't kiss. No. They just click. Yeah, they clack, just click. Beats, beats yeah. back and forth. So, yeah, the spaghetti itself, it'd be quite difficult. They would do a lot of takes to get that, yeah, I think, yeah. with the spaghetti slurping. Yeah. Is this something that you cook yourself at home? Yes. Yeah? Regularly. And is the dream meal... The one that you've cooked? Uh, no, I no, have have somebody else cook it yeah. for me. Yeah, do you make the pasta from fresh? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The crab meat. Yeah. Are you using? You know, is there a place you go to for your crab meat? Yeah, there's a great uh, fishmonger called Sandy's, yeah. run by a guy called Stuart in uh, Twickenham, Lovely. which is about f- three or four miles away from where I live in Richmond, and um, he has absolutely amazing. White crab meat. Mm. And you say you, you make the trek for it, get it back. Richmond's a lovely part of town. So beautiful. Ever see Ted Lasso being filmed? No, I haven't. No, but I know that it's filmed on Richmond Green at the Cricketers Pub. I bet if you just walked over there one day while they were filming and went, 
hello, I'm Richard E. Grant. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, Oscar nominated actor. Do you mind if I? Uh, oh, flatterer. Do, do you mind if I get in this scene? It's a very I'll bet weird. Go. Yeah, it's right. a weird thing. I don't know whether you feel this, but when you see other people filming stuff, there's always a feeling of like, oh, why am I not in that, or <laughs> have I been excluded? So you don't feel like you're worthy enough to go and. You know, yeah, show your you face. Clearly, you, if you see it happening, you're clearly not busy that day, and you can. Yeah. They didn't even do availability. Yeah, show. when yeah. you when you see that, you know, somebody sold out at Wembley Stadium or the O2, yeah. and the name is taller than you know this building. Yes. Does that make you want to run in and go? Yeah, I must see this stand up. No, luckily no. it's a very bad venue. So I just think, <laughs> I think is the right answer. I think, yeah. What a sucker! Yeah. <laughs> what an absolute sucker! I can't get over the courage that you must have to be able to stand up. And make people laugh because there's no in between that, you know, you as an actor, you think, well, if you're doing a drama and it's really quiet, you're hoping that they're blubbing their eyes out or are so moved. But if it's a comedy and there's no response, you know that you, you've died, don't you? Yeah, but then we've got the opposite where we are. We desperately need that response from them to let us know it's going well. And if I was ever doing serious acting on stage, I would be terrified every time they're not. If I was doing a serious bit, yeah, I would have no gauge to know if that I wouldn't have the thing of like oh, I trust that they're feeling emotional during this. I would just be like, I'm tanking, it's going bad, because I need that reassurance from them. Yeah, but have you ever been in a, d- done your... Every time I've done anything, like, like a wedding... And then there's been no response. I've done like mm. a wedding speech, and I'm doing a serious bit in, within the speech where it's a heartfelt bit about how much I, you know, love my friend. Yeah. Like, and, and obviously that's not engineered to get laughs at all. Yeah. So I say the bit, and I just feel like... No, I want to jump out of a window. <laughs> no, what, because... what I'm asking is that have you, where something is obviously engineered to get a laugh yes. and you get no laugh as tumbleweed, oh, yeah. how does that, has that ever happened to you? Uh, yeah, constantly, yeah. on a, on yeah, a weekly so. basis, yeah. and it feels horrible every time. Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Really yeah. mortifying. Yes. You feel so embarrassed. You, you can't believe you're up there doing it. Why, why am I doing this? I yeah. clearly can't. So what keeps you doing it? Well, I've I got think no had... place else to go. <laughs> I got no... nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, we, we, we made our own beds now, haven't we? Yeah, also, we've been doing it long enough and have had enough good nights to realise that they all weren't flukes. Yeah. So, yeah. And you want to improve as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think the thing that means you keep doing it is that I would like to get better. And so I keep on going back to try and improve. And what do you think about the sell-by date of, of a yeah, comedian? It's short. I've been friends with Steve Martin for over 30 years since working with him on LA Story and he said in his opinion very often people's careers and especially in comedy are over five years before the person (laughs) realises that it's over and that gave me a sort of pube straightening moment of thinking has my time come and gone (laughs) you know know what I mean but it's and I just wondered with with comedians because you will know them and I know you you can name them and of course I'm not going to name them people who used to be funny who still are doing the same shtick and it's just not so funny anymore Mm -hmm. or they've you know time has changed yeah yes Steve Martin sort of deliberately ended his stand-up career yeah way before that point well, he said, um, he told me that, and I'm sure he's written about it as well, that by the time he got to the the stadium shows, he was the first comedian that had done stadiums, yeah. that the audience knew all his material mm-hmm. and was saying it back to him. He said, where, where do you go from there? Because it had taken him so many years to get to that point that to then come up with fresh material was just impossible. So he thought, well, just better to, to stop. Yeah. Also, I think that it's weird, like you say, Steve Martin, actually, because like, I think that... Shelf life wise, like I remember seeing is it Paul K. Dennis Penis? Mm-hmm. Yes. In character 
and saying to Steve, Steve Martin, didn't you used to be funny? Why aren't you funny anymore? Yeah, yeah whatever it was. It was in 1991 at the premiere of LA Story. Right. Whereas now, yesterday, you know, I was speaking to someone and they're going, you've got to watch Only Murders in the Building. It's so good. It's so funny. So, right. like, you know, I guess it doesn't mean that you're done, done. No. You know, you can go through phases of, like, going, yeah. I need to pick this back up. I need to get back in touch with this. And uh, him and Martin Short now are just, like, yeah. incredible. And they were before. Uh, you know, ebbs and flows. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, Ed, that's our careers. Well, it's just like food, the sell-by date of comedians. Yeah. You just ignore it and then hope it's fine in a couple of weeks. <laughs> take it out of the fridge. <laughs> take the sticker off and go, hmm, this is delicious. That's what we'll change colour. Like my, my career, in a few years, I'm just going to scrape the mould off and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Ben, keep that in. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Your dream main course, Richard yes. Grant. Your dream main course. You've had this lovely linguine. A barbecue seafood platter of lobster, giant prawns from Mozambique or Madagascar, and squid. Just oh. those three ingredients covered in garlic butter. Mm. Wow. I mean... Is that right? Yeah, yes. but I'm just picturing this seagull. Yeah. <laughs> It's going in. Well, you take the lobsters out and you it's put the shell. Insane. You put the shell on the edge of the edge of the platter, and then you know it can come and take that because you'd be attracted by the oh, yeah. you know bright pink colour. Keep it busy with the lobster shell. Yeah. It, exactly. He's, that's delicious. not going to work for long, though, is it? With the prawn sat there and the squid, he's going to be straight back over. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I thought you could trick me. I'm the seagull, man. That does. <laughs> that does sound absolutely amazing. Good. Yeah, ni- a, a nice, uh, simple. You know, not doing too much with it. Garlic butter. Yeah. You've barbecued them, but the, yeah, it's not too yeah. much on it. Just a bowl really of lemon to squeeze, you know. Mm. Yeah, yep. the quality of the ingredients. Oh, and some lemon mayonnaise, homemade. Oh, yeah. Oh, homemade. Yep. By yourself? Yes. By your yeah. own hand? Nothing, nothing like it. And it what? beats uh, Hellman's, all those other ones, into a you know, cork <laughs> jar. Is, is, have you got a secret uh, to making the best lemon mayonnaise? Uh, just put lots of lemon in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Secret ingredient is lemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's lemon, a real egg hacks. yolks, <laughs> uh, Dijon mustard, and yeah, just go for it. 
How oil. are you eating all of this stuff? With your hands. Is it with hands? Oh, yeah, with your is hands. Is it a bib? Are you wearing a bib? Oh, yeah. 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 What does the yeah. bib say on it? Hungry boy? Hungry boy, yes. <laughs> Swazi boy eats here. <laughs> Getting with your hands, and are you going back and forth between the different meats, or are you, you know, one at a time? Are you that kind of person? Oh, I'm not I'm not fussy in that way. I'm just very, very greedy. So I just have my hands on the whole lot. A tornado. Yeah. Yeah, tornado. All of it one by one. Is there any actors that like you've been doing films with and then you've gone to eat together and that you would share a meal like this with ever? Have you ever well, you like taken share. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't share, share them. Come on, let's not bring that word up. Yeah. I wouldn't share them with but Melissa like, McCarthy's a fantastic person to eat with. Do you with. know what? I was thinking in my head because I, I love that film that you did together. Oh, thank you. Uh, Can you ever forgive me? Yeah. She was and so generous and funny and all the things that you'd hope that she might be from her screen persona. And she loves eating and she loves food. So it's it's a real delight to, to eat with her. Do you have any good meals during the filming of that? Did you get to, you get to spend much social time together? I mean, I yeah, all the time because, that, because right? we were the only two people, you know, almost all the scenes were between the two of us. So... Mm-hmm. But on the morning of the Oscars, I, uh, I'd gone to L.A. with my daughter and I said, I, I called her up the night before and I said, this is such an out-of-body experience being in L.A. And you and Ben Falcone, her husband, and their two daughters live not in the centre of Los Angeles, they live on the, on the valley side of Studio City. And I said, if I bring all the ingredients, can we make you know, scrambled eggs and toast and everything at your house and just have a normal, like, a family day before we have to get dressed and get into a limousine at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And she said, that's a great idea. So that's what we did. We trampolined. I cooked everything. And uh, they had never had scrambled eggs cooked with olive oil uh, instead of butter. And they thought this was a this was a great improvement. <laughs> so that was a very memorable meal that we had together. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. Normalised everything because we all... And the other thing was that we we knew that uh, by the time you get... Because you have to leave at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, by the time you get food at 9 o'clock at night, you're ravenous. You can't take food into the the Kodak theatre. And we both of us knew that we weren't going to win, so we stuffed ourselves to the gunnels um, (laughs) on that morning. (laughs) You you had a wonderful time with the nomination. It was nice to see someone really enjoy just being nominated. How could you not? Well, too many people don't. I'd say people don't seem like they're, they're that. enjoying it and really yeah. going, oh, this is great. I'm going to be nominated. This is enough. And yeah. like, you know, you, you really, it was a joy for everyone to see, I think. You enjoy that moment well, in your it career. Was, you know, I knew that it would never, ever happen again. And it was you know, a once in a lifetime chance. So I, you know, grabbed every ounce of it that I could. And I met everybody that I'd wanted to meet in my whole life. It was oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's like Madame de Sorte's come to life. <laughs> and I've written about it in my book too. No holds barred about what it's actually like to go there and uh, meet all those people. Who was the person you were most excited to see? Oh, Barbara Streisand, of course, because yeah. I've been following her career for 53 oh. years and I got to meet her. That that felt to me like winning the the gold rather than the, the actual thing that night. Did she perform at that one? She, she didn't, no. No, she didn't. So you got on a night off. That's good. Even better, I imagine. I got her a night off, exactly. Yeah, yeah. More, <laughs> That's more, more, more chatty. <laughs> you didn't trampoline after the scrambled eggs, did you? No, uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Asking for trouble. Yeah. Swam did everything, yeah. Eat those scrambled eggs, go on a trampoline and go to the Oscars. <laughs> Yes. Was it trampolining in the in the black tie, or did you get changed after the? Oh no, got changed. You know, at twelve thirty or whatever, because they send round people to dress you and paint your face and do your hair and all of that. So, 
you, you feel like one of these shop mannequins. They just come and paint you up and you just have to stand still. It's the most bonkers experience I've ever had going to that that whole event. Did you go to some of the after parties afterwards? There all must be them. food there. You went all, to all of them. them, yeah. It ended up with, there was a, uh, Olivia Coleman and Amy Adams were having a lock-in at Betty Davis's old house. And uh, Olivia Coleman came up to me. I never worked with her, but I met her a few times and she came up. Um, at the Vanity Fair party and she said, slipped a note in my hand and she said, we're having a lock-in. This is the address. Get the driver who's brought you here to go there. So we went there at about, I don't know, midnight and crawled out of their door and we all got to hold Olivia's Oscar and she had karaoke and I can remember singing David Bowie's Life on Mars with enormous passion and gusto. <laughs> and my daughter, I just looked around, my daughter just had her head in her hands in deepest shame. And she said, oh, my God, thank God, this is a lock-in that nobody, nobody said, if this iPhone footage of this ever appears anywhere, she said, I will disown you as my father. <laughs> it has yet to appear. Yeah, so that's how the night ended. Began with scrambled eggs at Melissa's house in the morning yeah. and locking, doing karaoke with um, Olivia Coleman. That is a good Amy day. Adams. Yeah. yeah, it was a really good day. No um, matter what happens in the middle, that was a good day. Yeah, and I, I had a 40-minute conversation with Barbara Streisand in the middle of it oh. yeah. at the Governor's Ball. So, you know, win, yes, win, 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 win. So who's the per- you've asked me who's the person that you were most excited to meet. Who, who out of both of you are the, is the person that you either want to meet or have met that you thought, wow, I, I can go to my grave now? I don't know, for ages on the pod, it was Ainsley, right? We wanted to, we wanted to get Ainsley on the pod. Ainsley Harriet was our uh, was our dream guest for a long yeah. time. Done. Ainsley was. Yeah. Think in Both terms of you. About, in t- yeah, and it, we, we wanted Ainsley on the pod. I think in terms of like... And did Ainsley pod, deliver? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Did he ever? He yeah. knows what he's there for. Did yeah. he ever? He, br- yeah. he brings it. He brings Ainsley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was recorded delivery. Yeah. So there's, no, there's nobody left now. There's nobody that you have your sights on. We haven't replaced, yeah, the the, the wish. That Kathy we Burke and The Rock. Oh, yeah, we, we've been trying to get Kathy, Kathy Burke since day one. We've been trying to get... And wh- why won't she do it? She's just... Uh, she's a brilliant guest. I mean, she's she's amazing, isn't she? But like, Amazing. Some people just don't have the time. They can't make it work date-wise. Who knows? But we never... Yeah, I mean, The Rock, Kathy Burke and The Rock. I mean, if, if ever a film came out and the two leads were Kathy Burke and The Rock, I think I would uh, pre-order it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> But without even seeing it. So you would like Kathy Burke and The Rock in here? At the same time. At the same time. And then workshop a film script. I'd, I'd be happy to take them separately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but maybe on a day like today when we're doing like a bunch in a row, having them back to back so they can meet each other. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you have guests who are back to back and they do meet each other, one, one on the way in, one on the way out. And it's quite nice to see, you know, Jack McBrayer meet uh, Rose McGowan for the first time. Yeah. And it's quite nice to be present at that. So, you know, I'd like them, yeah. you know, back to back. The Rock meets Kathy Burke. See them have that conversation. Then my life would be complete. <laughs> so if I can persuade Kathy Burke to come on here, I yeah. don't know The Rock, uh, what would I get in return? Oh, what would Probably you get? some sort of plaque. I think you would get okay, plaque. I think we yeah. would make sure that okay. you're... Yeah, Ben, the producer's yeah. nodding oh, yeah. with his headphones on. Yeah. I was going to okay. say, I'd, we'd make sure that Richard gets his dream meal for real. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's a deal. We could without that the out. seagull. Yeah, without the seagull, no but we could make sure you get... We yeah, actually listeners, we're invisibly shaking hands on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ainsley will cook it for you. Okay. Yeah, it's done. And All you right. can have a plaque as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bit of everything. <laughs> Let's get on to your dream side dish. You've got all this lovely seafood, barbecue seafood platter. What are you having on the side? 
big tub of homemade mayonnaise. So that's which I've already mentioned. That's, so, so a, that's a side The side dish. is the big tub of yeah, mayonnaise. you don't need anything else. Absolutely big fair enough. Big tub of mayonnaise. Big yeah. tub of mayonnaise just yeah. stinking in the sun. I just there's something so luxurious and then just and quite sort of carnal as well of like getting a big bit of lobster and taking a whole lobster out of the shell and then dunking it into that <laughs> big bowl of lemon mayonnaise, just dunking it in, mold and salt sprinkled on top of it, yeah. and then oh, yeah. stuffed it. I've got a bag of it in my pocket which I keep Sorry? with me at all times. Oh, mold and salt. Oh, for the mayonnaise. What is the lemon mayonnaise that you had a bag of? No, because but just, just for the listener, that is a uh, that bag. What's that made of? The bag. What material? Oh, it's is a that? calico bag with a union jack. That has flag a union on it. jack on it that's yeah. full of salt that you yeah. always carry around in your pocket everywhere because yes. any any restaurant anybody's house that i've ever been into they say oh no no it's all sorted in advance again no believe me it yeah. never has enough for me when you so were chatting to barbara streisand was the bag of salt in your pocket it was yeah that's great it was great because we'd just been there. at the governor's ball dinner yeah. and um so yes it was there so it was always there all yeah. night long yeah and oh man i love that <laughs> there's some place if you walk in and say you've got a bag of salt in your pocket they're going to really misinterpret what you mean yeah. by that Rich. especially some showbiz circles <laughs> yeah well i've been through the airport you know hand luggage and you have to explain what these white crystals are in there but um i should have shares in molden salt honestly molden's molden's gold standard stuff gold right? standard yeah We've, we've both really got into Hallen Mon as well, which is a yeah. fantastic Welsh salt. Ah, I don't know about that, one. that, Richard. Okay. Yeah, it's very, very good. I don't right. know how dedicated you are to the Molden brand, but Hallen oh, completely. Mon, yeah, I should have shares in it. The amount of money I've spent <laughs> spent on it. What's the one the Welsh one? Is called what? Hallen Mon. Hallen Mon. Can you say that with a Welsh accent? No, no, I need a coach. Yeah, okay. Let me get on the floor. Let me get on the floor, and I can do it okay. for you. <laughs> Well, let's go into your dream drink then. Your dream drink to go with this meal. Just resisting doing Freshly any Freshly squeezed quotes. orange juice and a glass of ice. <laughs> so many Whipnell quotes. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, sorry, we were too busy thinking about Whipnell. A glass of fresh orange you. juice, oh, yes. fresh squeezed orange juice and a glass of ice. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So Very why cheap. are they separate in this case? Because if you order, I always ask for the glass of ice separately in a restaurant because yeah. otherwise they'll give you the glass with the ice already in it with about a thimble full of orange juice or whatever the the, the drink is yes. whereas if it's separate you get the full glass mm. and yeah, then yeah. you can then you can make it as cold as you want as you go yeah and it's not diluted by the time it's come from the bar to to you by ice and water and all that so that's why lovely and it's freshly squeezed yeah always so where's that cuz like there was a place you know the orange right Oh, here's something I don't think we spoke about on yes, the podcast. Yes. I'm yeah. quite excited to speak about, but maybe we have spoken about it. But there are some places Good that have an orange juicing machine yes. that looks like a Willy Wonka contraption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like being flipped, it's like a Wallet and Gromit thing. Absolutely. Oh, it's like the goes, wheels. Boop, boop, and, yeah. Yeah, and they cost a like fortune. All round. And that, that is the best orange juice. It is the best orange I juice. I love it. And I've, I know because I did a uh, documentary series called Hotel Secrets for Sky Atlantic about 10 years ago. And I stayed at the Gritty Palace on the Grand Canal in Venice. And they took me into the kitchen because I said, this is the best fresh orange juice I'd ever ever drunk. Wow. And they said, this, this is the machine. And yeah. it was exactly what you've just described. I love those. With machines. all the gestures too, which, you know, you yeah. yeah. can't, can't actually see. Yeah, I, I remember the first time seeing that. It's a place in uh, near Finsbury Park. Josh Widdicombe is a fantastic comic. You've probably yep, heard of him. I know we both lived around there as open spots, and we'd go to this cafe to write together every yeah. time and try and figure out how to be funny. And they had one of those <laughs> machines there, and I remember seeing that uh, machine for the first time and going, I bet the orange juice is shit from there. So it's, all, it's all bells and whistles. It's <laughs> yeah. all just a big fit. That's what uh, I thought. All theatrics, yeah. it's going to be bad. Yeah. Had a glass there once, absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. So happy, didn't Rolls like any Royce. material that day. Should have, exactly. should have. I could have yeah. used it now. 
But you're so full of vitamin C. Yeah. That's the secret of your beautiful skin. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Orange could, juice. Could, you could have done a bit about those machines. That's a very you bit to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was worried that not enough people would know the Wallace yeah. and Gromit orange juice machines. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe now. <laughs> are, you, time. are you squeezing at home? Uh, yep. I am. What, yes. <laughs> I am squeezing one out at home. <laughs> what you squeeze? What you? What are you using to squeeze? Because you don't. You don't have one of the contraptions, do you, Richard? No, no. I've got one of those that cost about five ninety nine from Robert Dias. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little white thing, and you just you know you press the orange on the top of it, and it goes, and it squeezes everything out of it. Oh yeah, moon sound itself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because then you get everything out. Yeah, my dad bought me uh, a juicer, but it's one of those ones that's just more like an ornament. I don't think we've ever used it. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, stainless steel. Like it's Philip Stark like, thing. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the on the looks, looks like, like a, sculpture. Looks like a like a sculpture yeah. of a rocket. Yeah, and the juice runs down the legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole lot of bollocks. It's pointless. Pointless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> looks nice. It looks lovely. Yeah. yeah. I love this fresh. Like, when you squeeze something like that citrusy fruit, yeah. the smell, the immediate smell oh. Oh. is Nothing so like good. it. So I assume you would choose alcohol for your dream drink. I guess I would. But listen, this is the first time we've had orange juice on the podcast as, oh, yeah. as, as the dream drink, which is exciting. I mean, you're right in assuming a lot of people choose booze. Some people don't. But, like, we, we haven't had a lovely, freshly squeezed orange juice before. And I think a lot of people listening to this are going to feel seen because, like, I think it's, it is a hugely popular drink, mm. but it's never been represented on this pod. Any, any, anything you want to say to all the um, orange juice heads out there? Ah, uh, squeeze on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> squeeze me till my pips squeak. <laughs> So we arrive at your dream dessert. Christmas pudding. Yeah. Straight in. Straight Merry in. Christmas. No Christmas messing around. pudding. This yeah. is my dad's dream dessert. Yeah, I eat one once a month because in January what? they are literally throwing them outside stores on sales. Yeah. They're giving them away because nobody nobody wants them. Yeah. And um, so you buy 12? I, I have, yeah, I've got a, an enormous supply of them. Wow. I've got a pantry and I eat them once a month. I have to ration myself because otherwise I would be the size of... Um, <clears throat> Father Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Father Christmas. <laughs> well, I think Nick. there's nothing like a Christmas pudding. Oh. I divides people. There are many people who loathe it. I love Christmas. I've come, yeah. to, I've come to like it. I don't think I liked oh. it when I was younger, yeah. and now oh. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm glad I didn't it's like food it when of the I was gods. Yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I've been able to appreciate it more yeah. now. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that continues for the rest of my life. I it hope there's do. food that I think is garbage now that yeah. I like in 10 years' time. That's... <laughs> I don't want to. I was going to be so bored, man. Yeah. yeah. Twenty years ago, I belonged to the Pudding Club of England. God, where bless you could you would meet once a month, and yeah. then they would just bring out you know a tiny amount of food at the beginning as a starter, and then platters of bread and butter pudding, Queen's mm. pudding, Tonaho, all of those. Um, sticky toffee pudding, and you would just eat that. Gorge on it. Well, where do best. I join that yeah. club? I'm how, sure you how, can go how, online and find it. How have they not reached out to me? I don't know. I should be the president. <laughs> you should be. I, lo- I love it. Are you having? Custard or brandy butter or double cream. What are you having with this? No dairy, no custard, no double cream. Absolutely revolting. Um, brandy olive oil? Uh, no brandy, allergic to alcohol, but uh, lychee sorbet oh to my. just make it wow. just bring in a bit of cold and something slightly acidic against that incredible, rich, mm. dark, delicious fruit of the gods. Yeah. Ed's dad. So I believe... And now me. This is something and I now Ed, as well. And now me. Yeah. Because yeah. Ed, Ed told us on... I believe... Oh, I might be wrong here. Yeah. That Sue Perkins chose uh, Christmas pudding as her dream dessert. Did your, she? Me- your memory is mad. That wow. You if I've remembered that. that Sue right. Perkins. I might have... Wow. Did she? Yeah. Yeah, she did. She's a goddess. So, <laughs> Sue Perkins chose Christmas pudding. 
During that episode, Ed said that his dad and his passes down to Ed yeah. will on Boxing Day, um, probably a few days afterwards as well, just cut up rectangles of Christmas pudding and fry them, fry them in butter and yeah. eat them. And yeah. at the time, my girlfriend had made a massive Christmas pudding at Christmas and, and bought a Marks and Spencer's massive Christmas pudding as a backup in case that one didn't work. Yeah. And then we went somewhere else for Christmas to a different relatives and had two massive Christmas puddings. So by March, or whenever we were doing <gasps> yeah. the two Perkins interview, I still had loads of Christmas pudding. Ed said that made me go, I've got to try that now. And then I think for every day for too long. I was frying Christmas pudding in butter and eating fried it. Fried Christmas pudding. It is it's it is glorious. one of the greatest. But my my problem is that I've I've never managed I have at other people's houses, but if I've had Christmas pudding at home, I've eaten the whole thing. So there's never been leftovers to then fry up. Mm-hmm. But I have I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I've had it at other people's houses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, food of the gods. Have you had one this month yet? Uh no, I ha- I'm having it at the end of the month. This is always the end of the month. Yeah. How does it feel eating Christmas pudding, say in July or August? Glorious, absolutely perfect. No, no, no problem whatsoever. It's like drinking something ice cold, you know, in the middle of deepest, coldest January. It's no, no problem for me. Yeah, I, I found that. I found eating that Christmas pudding in the middle of the year actually yeah. made me feel even better. Yeah, it's like a mouthful of happiness. You just feel so good, and, and you're like. No one tells me what I can and can't do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my rules. Yeah, and there's something there's something sort of almost indecently pleasurable about the fact that you're doing it at the time of the year when you're not supposed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, even even though I'll be doing it every you know, once a month, you know, for years and years and years, I still get that tingle of thinking, well, it's like Christmas Day all in one in the middle of July. How many uh, chapters of a pocket full of happiness are about you eating Christmas pudding? Oh, yeah. uh, Seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to read your menu back to you now, Richard, see yes. how you feel about it. Right. You would like ice-cold sparkling water in a glass full of ice. Yes, please. Poppins or bread, you would like a lovely bread with some olive oil. Yes, please. Starter, linguine with fresh white crab meat, medium chilli and lemon and olive oil. Main course, barbecue seafood platter, lobster, giant prawns and squid yes. with garlic butter all oh, over it. Yes. Side dish, a big tub of your homemade lemon mayonnaise. Drink, freshly squeezed orange juice... Plus a glass of ice and dessert, Christmas pudding with lychee sorbet. The dream. The absolute dream. I'm living the dream. Sounds great. That is so nice. (laughs) The garlic butter. Yes. Oh, he's got another question. Yes. Are we okay with the butter? Doesn't that need to go yeah, back in the Yeah, because if it's cooked, other? you know I cook with butter, but I would never put butter on bread. I see. So mm. it's the... Yeah, it's just cooked yeah. in. So if you, you know, I cook steak, um, yeah, cook yeah. it in butter, there's nothing... Yeah. nothing yeah. So you could, do Christ- doing that. you could do Christmas pudding cooked in butter. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I good. certainly couldn't put a slab of cold mm. butter on top of a piece of Christmas pudding oh. or on, on a piece of bread. I My dad find could. that gagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah his dad could. <laughs> Your dad, My dad could. could do that. I guess if you're cooking steak in butter, that is like putting it back in the udder, right? <laughs> yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. Yes. So Great okay. segue back to that. Yeah. yeah. Every time I cook a steak, I shout, reunited at the top of my voice. <laughs> Long time no see. Thank you very much for coming to the Dream Restaurant, Richard. Thank you very much Thank for having Richard. me. It's been delicious. Richard E. Grant there, James. Wonderful. What a delight. A delicious menu. Lovely to hear his stories as well. Wonderful, friendly guy. Everything yeah. you'd hope for. Truly charming. Didn't say lighter fluid, so we didn't have to kick him out the dream no. restaurant, of course. thank God for that. But he was Perfect. never going to say lighter fluid. No. Although, how did he like the barbecue? Uh-oh, we didn't ask that. Kick him out! You must go and buy Richard E. Grant's new book, A Pocket Full of Happiness. It's published on 29th of September. That's tomorrow, 2022, in hardback, 
and it's published by Simon and Schuster. And it's also available in ebook and audio formats. James. Oh, lovely. Keep squeezing, motherfuckers. No, is that huh? what you said? Yeah. <laughs> no? Squeeze me, baby. Squeeze me, baby. Well, somewhere keep in between that. Keep squeezing, baby. Keep squeezing, baby. Oh. <laughs> squeeze me till my pip squeak. Oh, yeah, squeeze me till my pip squeak. I like that. Yeah. I like squeeze me till my pip squeak. I'm on tour, Ed Gamble, electric. Do go and uh, check that out, edgamble.co.uk, for tickets. And I'm always knocking about. So go just have a chat with James. Yeah, just have a chat. Well, no, no, leave me alone, actually. Yeah, leave you alone. Go buy your book. Yeah, yeah. If they like, guide to quitting social media. Right, it's not me, is it? It is him doing this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm completely... My brain's not working. Yeah. My brain is absolutely not working. I, I, just, I turned it on for the actual interview, mm. gave it all I had, loved it. Yeah. And then as soon as we stopped speaking to Richard, I turned it off again. Yeah, gone. And uh, my brain's just not working. And I apologise to the listeners, you know. It must be frustrating, but listen... This room that we're sitting in is boiling. We've been here all day. I've got sweat patches the size of dinner plates under my arms. <laughs> it's uh, it's tough stuff. Yeah, tough stuff. You know, I'm I'm woozy. I'm tired. I'm thinking, do do I go to the gym tonight? Do I not go to the gym You're tonight? You're not going to the gym tonight, man. Probably not. Okay, I'm going to carry on watching The Sopranos. Uh, in case you're wondering, it's 2022. It's 2022. Just so you know, I'm halfway through season one. Thanks very much for listening to the Off Menu podcast. I made my offer, I couldn't refuse. No, that's the Godfather. We'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour miracle grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.